My next guest is a former NFL All-Pro linebacker, as well as an author and a humanitarian. His new book, Walking Miracle, comes out on November 30th. I want to welcome on Mr. Ryan Chazier. Ryan, is everything going for you? How you doing, Zach? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So you excited for the holiday weekend? We got Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. My, my mom is, is cooking. Um, you know, my wife is helping prepare things. Uh, I can cook, but I let them do all the cooking. You know, I like to relax. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Do you have any, you have any hot takes ever sides like Matt Judon? I don't know if you saw, he said yesterday he's all, he's out on Mac and cheese. Yeah, actually, I'm not a pumpkin pie fan, but I'm more of like okay. a sweet potato pie fan. So okay. I, I still like pie. Um, um, I'm actually not a big fan of turkey, you know. Really? A lot of people don't like turkey. Yeah, so it's a, but like my mom makes like this Cajun turkey. So it's not like, it's, it's not like deep fried turkey like most people's. It's kind of, it's pretty good. But if I had like a choice, you know, I, I prefer just to have like ham. Oh, cool. You know, so. And with these three matchups tomorrow, if any of them catch your attention or you kind of just... You don't really care. Um, kind of up in the air. You know, I feel <laughs> like the, I feel like the Dallas game can be pretty decent. Yeah. The Bears game, obviously, that's Detroit Lions and, and the Bears. They're both kind of struggling this year. And then um, I, f- I forgot the last game. Um, um, I think the Bills, Bills Saints is the night game. Yeah, see, and, you know, it would have been a little bit better if Jameis was healthy. Oh, yeah. But you know the Bills, they're a good team, but it's just, you just never know what Bills team you're gonna get. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be good football to watch, but it's just it's not like you know normally when it's a you know I know they try to slate it to be big games. Yeah, but they you know it's kind of I think the biggest game would be the Vegas one in yeah. the Cowboys, but you know uh, people don't really anticipate you know quarterbacks being hurt and things like that. Did you ever play on Thanksgiving when you were with Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, I played two games on Thanksgiving. We played the Ravens one year, and then we played the um, Colts one year. Oh, is it, is it like a weird feeling? Like, what, what the hell am I playing football today for? Or is it kind of – you're kind of just like, I'll get the game over with? Um, Pretty much when you're from college to NFL on Thanksgiving, you're kind of working. You know, it's like in college, you have practice in the mornings, and then, you know, you still get to spend time with your family a little bit. But a lot of guys whose families are out of town, and then in the NFL – uh, you still have practice like today. Tomorrow, the guys have to actually go to practice earlier than they would normally practice. I mean, they'll practice earlier than they normally practice. The practice wouldn't be as long as it normally would be, but you still kind of work in and you don't get home until one, two, and that's when people are starting to get ready to eat. So it's kind of you relax. You still get to spend time with your family, but some guys can't eat too much, you know, because they can't wait in the next day. And, and then if you're playing, um, it's better to play at home because if you're playing away, then now is, you know, you don't really get Thanksgiving. You know, like when we played away, we played at Indy. It was kind of cool because my, my family came. Um, it's not too far away. So I, I had like a Thanksgiving dinner with them in the daytime. It was like around one because our game was at eight. But it's still, it's, but you, I couldn't eat like a real Thanksgiving. I had to eat yeah. like, you know, it was, we went to like Capitol Grill and they had like a Thanksgiving meal. Oh, cool. It was pretty, it was really good, but it was, but it's, it's not like you're at home, you know, just relaxing. Yeah, definitely. And then I want to ask your thoughts to AFC North this year. What the hell's going on? It's been all over the place. And Steelers, they're kind of in it. Kind of in it. I think the biggest thing with the NFL this year is just, you just, I think it's pretty much overall just everybody. I'm not going to say it's average, but it's just really competitive. Uh, you just don't know who's going to win what. 
And I think it actually makes for better football because a lot of times when you just know who's the best team in the league, they kind of make it boring. And obviously it's fun to watch the Chiefs when they're scoring all these points or the Bucks and blowing people out. But to me, it's more entertaining because every single week, you just never know what's going to happen. Like, it might be some teams, you know, like, all right, if Tampa Bay plays the Jags, we know Tampa Bay, like, just that veteran core, they're going to win. Obviously, Buffalo, they're younger. So, you know, that's why Buffalo lost and things like that. But I don't, I, I can't see Tampa Bay going in there and losing to Jacksonville. You know, but, like, it's certain things that you, you see, like, pretty much every every game, you can kind of go in there and you, you just, it's a toss up, it's a toss, you know, it's a toss of the hat. You know, like, we like the, the Steelers, they jumped out. Then the Chargers jumped out on the Steelers. They was up with 17 points. And then yeah. the Steelers ended up coming back and was winning the game at one point until they left a dude wide open. So, you know, you just never know. Like the Steelers are still like only like third in the like their race or something. It's something crazy. Like the Steelers so, yeah. are not, not that far behind, you know. So it's yeah. and, and you know, and and I'm not saying that we're the, the greatest, but we're not the best team, you know, and but like the teams that they would say who are the best teams. Their record is not that far from the, the Steelers either, or their, their record is not that far from the worst teams in the league either. You know, so yeah. And I want to ask you, what, what are your thoughts on Najee Harris for eleven weeks, based on what we the sample size we've seen? Um, to me, I think he's pretty much you. Uh, he he is what advertised. He's he's as good as advertised. You know, uh, obviously the Steelers are giving him a, a large workload, but he's he's carrying the load pretty well. Um, when he has pretty good games, it gives the Steelers a chance to win it. And I think the Steelers do better when they give him the ball about 25 times plus a game, um, you know, running and catching. I prefer him running it at least 20 times a game and then, you know, catching it a few more. But I think he's as good as advertised. He's not going to win like rookie of the year or anything like that because of all these quarterbacks, you know, not all these quarterbacks, but like Mac Jones and receivers doing all these crazy numbers. But if you just like went just how everybody else is on a traditional basis, if you really look at Najee's stats, he he definitely should be a candidate for a rookie of the year. He's like he's playing that good. Yeah, no, he's in, he's incredible. And the offensive line isn't the best, and he's somehow still putting up insane numbers. On he's getting like twenty carries a game. And I want to kind of get in, get into the book a little bit. So, how how long was the book in the works before you decided to kind of you're, you're ready to publish? So I started to write the book um, probably a year after I got hurt. I was still with the team when we started to really get together and start writing the book. But I wanted to write the book about just all the adversity I've been through. I know everybody goes through adversity. You know, you go through adversity, your family goes through adversity, I go through adversity. But how I overcame all that adversity, um, a lot of times you will see in the book that odds weren't really in my favor. And I allow those, allow that negativity, I allow, you know, those, those doubtful people push me to, you know, move forward and be the, the, the player or be the person that I, I am now. And I kind of wanted people to see that in the book, but also understand like my story and allow it to help them in their life. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed in the book, I don't know if I'll pick this up uh, for a lot of the my, my people that you reference in the book, I've never seen this before. You kind of show all of their accomplishments. Almost, almost any like minor people, maybe somebody like a two-year career, you're talking about, oh, this is what they did. This guy's an successful lawyer. This guy's successful with real estate. Well, why did you want to decide to do that instead of just kind of just briefly mentioning them? Um, because a lot of times people, you know, when they get mentioned, they get mentioned for, you know, playing football, right? She's the football player or this, this guy, the lawyer or, and to me, I, I feel people should be known more for their accomplishments and what they've done with their life 
and it's not just sports. You know, like you you have a successful podcast. You know, you you you're 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 successful in what you do, and you don't want to just be labeled for something that you did in the past. You know, like it's a lot of successful people in this world, and people only know them for their short time in the NFL or their short time on the college football field. And they're changing the world in so many different ways. And I thought it was really important to do that. Yeah, definitely. How's Joe? I was, I was looking at what towards the end of the book. How's Joe doing? Oh, he's doing well. He's doing really well. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, they don't want to give that away. But you got once you get the for everybody listening, once you get the book, you're not going to believe what Joe's been through. So un- unbelievable. Um, so I saw that I was reading the book. Obviously, when you were a lot of you did a lot of your rehab at the Steelers facility. Why, why did you do that? I thought it was really important to stay close to my roots, kind of stay close to my family. My my wife is here. Um, I have two sons now. Um, I wanted to be close to them. One of my sons live in Ohio while he lives here as well. He goes back and forth. My wife is here. Then I have a very strong support system here in Pittsburgh and with the Steelers and the city. And I just felt I would do better rehab with a large support system around me than me going somewhere and I didn't know anybody and trying to do it all on my, myself. I feel yeah. people just do better when they have a better support system around them and a better system around them. You know, and when it comes from NFL to everyday living, when somebody has a great support system around them, they, they have a better chance to succeed than somebody that doesn't. Yeah, because especially when you're talking about in the book, your support system, you know, all these doctors and every different people helping you out. You eventually brought one, I saw what you brought one of your doctors on to the board of, of your, your, your fund. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Conquo, David Conquo. Yeah, I brought him onto the board of my fund. That's awesome. And, and I might as well bring that up. So with the fund, what 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 led to you um, wanting to create that? So me going through all the struggles that I was going through with my injury, I understood that it was a very tough road. I understood how hard it was. But I also seen people that were struggling, but that didn't have the same support network like I had, the same rehab that I had, and some of the same um, just influences around me. And so I wanted to be able to provide resources. I want to be able to provide insight and support for others who are going through a spinal cord injury, but they don't have what I was able to, to get. And I, I was talking to people and I was noticing that they weren't able to have uh, numerous amounts of rehab like I was having. They didn't have the same resources. They Some people may be living in a two-story home and now they're in a wheelchair, they can't, they can't travel. And I wanted to allow people to be a little bit more independent because I was able to get my independence back because depending on somebody is very difficult. And I wanted to be able to allow that, allow people to have that. So that's why I wanted to start this fund to be able to allow people their independence again and be able to, to provide support that they didn't have. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, questions about the book. How did you stay so positive and so optimistic and so cheerful throughout your entire recovery? Uh, that's just me. I think if you talk to anybody that knows me, I'm just a very, very positive guy. I can't help it, but I'm a, I'm a real positive guy. My family, um, we always think glass half full other than glass half empty. And we just constantly push forward every single day. And just as we continue to push forward, we just thank God on our way, on our way and just trust in him. And, but we know also that we have to have faith, but we also have to put in the hard work with that faith. And it's, it's been showing, it's been helping, it's really been moving in the direction that I want to go. Did, did all, did everybody, because every, obviously everybody saw, was watching the Monday night game, did everybody cheering for you and rooting for you, did that add more pressure to you to, to kind of get back to kind of being able to regain your ability to walk again? Or was that, that kind of help? How, how did that kind of affect you? 
I think it's a combination of both. Um, it was a it was a combination of it added pressure, but the thing is, being an athlete, your whole life you have pressure. So some some people they don't like a lot of pressure, but to me, I, I consider myself a playmaker, a high performance athlete, and I, I I thrived off of pressure. Whenever it was a tight situation in the game, I wanted to be the guy to make the play. Obviously, I wanted our team to win. I was more, but I wanted to be able to make a play so our team could step up. And that's kind of the same situation and kind of the same attitude I had when it came to the injury. I know a lot of people were praying for me. A lot of people were supporting me. A lot of people were cheering for me. And I wanted to make the play. I wanted to be the guy to be able to overcome the adversity that, you know, people are praying for, overcome the struggles and show people that no matter what you're dealing with, you can overcome anything. So it added a little bit of pressure, but it also added motivation and resiliency for me. Definitely. And then I wanted to... um ask you so you're talking about a little bit towards the end of the book you were talking about your wedding and you said big ben and sofia vergara were both in attendance do you have any fun stories from that night uh it was it was, it was pretty fun you know they were there for a while uh, you know, uh everybody danced a little bit we all had a good time um i'm pretty close with sofia's husband uh joe Maganella. um even though I, I, it's still hard for me to spell his last name but <laughs> i can't even pronounce it so. <laughs> yeah no but uh but it, it was just a really good time. You know, I'm just really thankful that those people were able to come and support me because, you know, they're, they're good friends of mine and, and I just really enjoyed uh, being able to spend time with them. And just, and that was a huge accomplishment for me to be able to dance and walk in my wedding because once before, nobody told me I was able to do that. So to be able to have people around me that I knew that actually care about me and that was actually, you know, wanting to see my best interests, it really, it really meant a lot to me. What, what was the, the most difficult part about your whole recovery? What was like the one thing maybe people don't think about that like that was the biggest mountain for, mountain for you to overcome? I think it's the biggest mountain that, that people struggle with every day is just the mountain of repetitiveness. You know, just some like obviously, you know, overcoming something that you never thought would happen to you, you know, or, or you know, being a world-class athlete, then now being paralyzed. Obviously, those are big, big mountains to climb, but but some people just repetitiveness kills people and it just is it, so draining. And that's something that I had to do every day in my mind, but every day with my body to be able to get back to where I wanted to be. And I know some people, it, it, it could be just walking their dog every day. Sometimes I mean, I'm, I'm tired of this or I'm just going to work every day or even going to do workouts. But sometimes if you understand that you want to be somewhere or you want to do something, you have to do that. And that's some of the things that I had did to allow me to be the person I want to be. And, um, and I would say, you know, repetitive, this is something that definitely was draining the heck out of me when I was, when I was uh, uh, dealing with my injury. One of the other things I want to ask you. Um, so when you, when you went out uh, onto the stage during the draft, you, you didn't hear any of the people going nuts. You said you were just focused on getting there. Yeah. So that was the furthest I've walked since my injury. So uh, when we did, when we did, like I seen where I was gonna walk at at the draft, but I didn't like practice because when you're when you're dealing with something like this, you have to kind of save as much energy as you can. And I was like, man, this is a lot further than I practice at home, <laughs> you know. So uh, one thing with football, when I was playing, I was able to learn how to just tune out the noise and just focus in on what the task at hand is, and that was for me the task at hand was just getting to the podium and just thanking everybody for the support and, and just, you know, cheer for me. And I, I heard, I definitely knew it was loud when I was calling the name because I, I rushed it 
And, uh, but I just, but it was, but I, I had just to really focus in on every single step because in that moment you had to really focus in on every single step and, uh, a stumble can, you know, and, and, you know, those, those, that stage didn't have any rails. So a stumble can, I can go right to our love and it's like, ah, I, I can't be doing that on stage. So I just wanted to make sure I, I went in the right direction. That's awesome. Were, were you watching football while you're doing your recovery? Or were you just, you kind of just focusing on what you were doing? No, I was still watching football. I was still close to the team. I still talked to the team. A lot of it, like Mr. Coach Tomlin, Mr. Uh, Mr. Culver, Mr. Rooney, they were all still coming to my uh, rehab and I would still go to a facility and and watch the games or go to the game. So one thing I didn't do was detach myself from the game of football because at the end of the day, the game of football allowed me so many opportunities that I never thought I would ever have. So I just had to be thankful for that. And I didn't want to detach myself from it. Obviously it hurts to how I got hurt. But I just, I just wanted to make sure that I stay attached to the game. And obviously, in the Steelers organization, what's, what do you think sets them apart as kind of being there for you and through every step of your recovery? To me, I think they do a really good job of balancing business and, and family. They understand how guys are not just a commodity, that they're actually a piece of a pie that keeps the whole, uh, a clog in the wood that keeps the whole thing running. But they also understand, hey, this is a business, you know? So I think they do a good job of, you know, tethering the line of each side. And when something is going on in somebody's personal life or something's going on in somebody's life, they do a good job of handling that situation no matter who you are. Obviously some guys may get a little bit more favor than others if you've been around for 20 years like Ben or you have a really close relationship or you get close to the ownership or the, the staff like I did myself. But I think they do a really good job of just handling that while other teams and other, other they, they treat it just as if it's a business. You know, if you skip the line, you get cut. You know, if you, you blow your nose the wrong way, you know, you're fired, you know. And, and to me, I think people want to, they play harder for people that they feel that care about them than people that they feel like they're just going in and clocking, clocking, uh, punching the clock every day. Yeah. I want to ask you, uh, what's your best, uh, your best James Harrison story from your career since? Uh, one of my best James Harrison stories is uh, one day we was all locked, uh, wrestling in the locker room. It was like me, Bud, Vince, and, and James. It was like wrestling around. Like we were like real wrestling, but it was like wrestling. And I, I forgot, I don't know if it was me and Bud or Vince and Bud, but we both like, grab James and he like grabbed both of us and we couldn't let go and get like loose. And I was like, I'm like, man, I'm like, man, this man is way too strong. I'm like, cause I was like, I'm, I'm a grown man. And I'm very strong myself, but you have two grown men locked up right now. Kind of made me like feel, feel like I need to go in the weight room. So uh, yeah, that was, that's kind of one of the funny stories I had about him. Can you believe he's getting into acting? Is that a shock to you? Um, to, to me, it's not a shock um, because I actually know James a little bit, so it doesn't really shock me that much. But the thing is, that what shocked me is how well he did. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, I'm surprised. Like, I knew he was going to do well, but he did a lot better than I imagined. And he um, and I'm really excited to see where he can go moving forward because uh, when, he, when he posted, you know, the show that he was on, I watched every single episode. And, you know, now I'm actually really excited to, for a new season to come out. So, it's, oh, I'm cool. really, yeah, he's, he's doing a good job. Also, I want to ask you about you. So you're doing a uh, either were still doing the, the video series with the hospital about kind of people that kind of inspire you that are kind of fighting their own battles. You talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, so it's called Ryan Shazier 50 Phenoms. Um, it's through UPMC, the hospital network that I did uh, my, my rehab at. Uh, it's, it's a series that, that talks about, you know, everyday people that go through struggles like myself, um, but it was not just spinal cord injuries. It can be cancer. It can be somebody that had, that may be an amputee. It can be somebody that has, you know, cliff, cliff note. It, it can be anything you think of and just how somebody overcame that struggle and how their family overcame that struggle and how they're moving forward and how they're progressing now. And I think it's amazing stories and people should definitely watch it and, and go back and, and look at them because it shows you that everyday people can overcome anything, not just, you know, people that you see on TV. How many people do you think have reached out to you since your injury saying you've, you've inspired me to, to kind of keep fighting? Uh, thousands, thousands. I can't even, I can't even uh, put a number to it, but I'm just, you know, thankful for those words. And I just, I'm glad that I was able to push people forward and let them see something that they weren't able to see before. And when I ask you, what's one thing in the book people don't know about you, but they'll, they'll learn about you when they, when they go and get it. Oh man, uh, uh, I, I know a lot of people don't feel this way, but uh, but when I when I played football, it was never malicious. It was more of just trying to be the best person that I can be. And even like when I hit people hard, I actually didn't try to hit people hard. You know, I was actually just running as fast as I can. So I, I think uh, those are some of the things that people can learn in the book. But just that. My whole life, I kind of fought through adversity and try to overcome things that people never thought I would. And and the thing is, the book will tell you that everybody has adversity. Everybody's gone through things in their life. And it's going to show you how to kind of achieve those things and how to overcome them. That's awesome. Who who, who do you think visited of, of the Steelers players? Who was who kind of like the most uh, common visitor you, you had while, during your, your stay? Uh, it was probably Vince Williams because me and him are like best friends. So, um like he even texted me today, like happy Thanksgiving. I'm gonna get it out of the way because I know your headphones gonna get blown up tomorrow. You know, so like, like me and him are actually like really good friends. So um, he probably was my most frequent visitor. But I, I had you know TJ, Bud, you know a lot of guys. They will they will come on a consistent basis. Like Cam Hayward, they'll come they will come a lot. When, when, when TJ slipped to thirty, were you like, how how did this happen? What you what you mean? When he when he was was he thirtieth pick in the draft, he fell all the way down. Yeah, you know what's crazy is uh, so my best friend played football with TJ in um at Wisconsin, one of my close friends, and he was like, "Man, TJ is gonna be super good." And I was like, "I don't know, man." You know, like I don't know. And it's like I never told TJ this, but uh, but the thing is, it's crazy is that like I never said like I don't know like like if he was gonna be good or not. I was just like, man, I, you just never you just never know with a rookie coming in. But, like, the moment TJ came in, you know, I just always been like, hey, man, whatever you need, I'm going to be here for you. And he's been the same way for me. And we always been just trying to get better every single day. And the one thing that I knew about TJ once he came into the league is that he was going to work his tail off. And he's been doing that. And, and he's showing that why he is one or one of the best NFL players in the, right now in the NFL. And then Cam Hayward, I, I, I didn't realize he, he, he's been there forever. He and he's still, yeah. he's still he's still he's still doing everything. Um, what what is he what does he what does he mean to that, that Steelers defense? I think he's right now. I think he's one of the highest. It's just a PFF. They're, they're, I think he's the highest rated interior defender. The thing is, I'm really excited to see that Cam is getting a lot of the recognition that he is now, because I feel that he hasn't been getting that recognition before. Yeah. He's been doing the same thing for the pretty much. He's been in the league like 11 years, 
Eight out of those 11 years, he's pretty much been doing that. But it just, now he's starting to get a lot of the credit because, you know, there was a lot of big names like Fletcher Cox and all these other guys. But Cam has literally been doing the same thing that he's doing right now the last 10 years, you know? So it's kind of exciting to see that he's starting to get all the credit because he deserves it. To me, I feel like he'll eventually be a Hall of Fame player. And, you know, he 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 represents 100% what the Steelers are as a, as a person and as a team. And um, I'm really excited. He's he's doing some great things. You think Tomlin should be in the coach of the year running based on kind of him holding this team together? Uh, I had a conversation like I had a conversation about this a few uh, a few days ago, and I feel Coach Tomlin, Bill Belichick, LeBron James, they're kind of in the same boat. You know, Simone Biles. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Jim Harbaugh as well, but John Harbaugh. Which one is the one that? At Baltimore, Jim, right? Oh, John. Yeah. John's at Baltimore, right? Yeah. Jim's the khaki yeah. one in, in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to me, I feel like all of them are kind of the same situation is that after a while, they're so good at their job that people expect them to do uh, extraordinary things or exceptional things for them to actually get the credit that they do deserve. Like, because it's been years, like, I remember one year Coach Tomlin took uh, a Steelers team, you know, that had, you know, Duck Hodges at quarterback and Mason Rudolph at quarterback. And I, I don't know if they went to the playoffs, but like, they had, like, they, they finished the season off yeah. even. And everybody was like, is like, no way this team is going to go. Everybody, like, that's why they traded for Mika. Everybody expected the team to be bad. And they ended up, you know, playing play going to the playoffs or being short of the playoffs and then it's been years you know when they be 13 and three but he still doesn't get coach of the year you know and it's it's kind of the same thing with bill belichick they have the best team almost every single year but he never gets coach of the year and i think you know him you know lebron james is like after a while people expect you to do that so now you don't even get the credit of what you're doing so uh, I definitely feel like he deserves to be in the coach of the year because at the beginning of this year, nobody thought the Steelers would be where they are now. Yeah. And But at the end of the day, I'm a little biased, but I, I do feel that way when it comes to him because I've been on I've been on teams that he easily could have been the coach of the year, but he didn't get it. You know, so it, it's, it's, no, it's no surprise to me. Yeah. And I just got uh, two, two last quick questions for you. In your opinion, who's the best linebacker in football, not on the Steelers? Uh, who's the best? So this year... Uh, yeah. Overall, overall, I would say Bobby Wagner, but this year I'm gonna have to go. The last two years, I'm gonna have to say Darius Leonard. Interesting. Is that it? He's he's incredible with the kind of the peanut punch. You said in your book you weren't the best at that. Yeah, no, no, the peanut punch. I'm, I wasn't the best at that. I'm, I was better at like catching the ball than you know punching out. But I, I felt like I was pretty good at you know figuring out how to strip it. But I like just punching the ball out. But to me, I think Darius Leonard in the last few years he's been in the league. Obviously, he's on teams that his defense is on the field a lot longer than other teams. But I feel that he does a good job of getting his team back the ball. And he does a lot of good uh, – he does a really good job of making a lot of plays for his team. All the other really good linebackers right now, their teams are, like, not playing well. So it, it, you, they don't really get the credit like they do deserve. Like Bobby Wagner, they're not playing well. He's always balling, but they're not playing well. You know, Fred Warner, they're not playing well, you know. So, um, but I think Darius is doing a good job of kind of leading that team in a good direction. Yeah. And then what was the, what was something you put in the book that you're uh, most excited about people getting to learn about you? 
just how how much I you know love the game of football, my love for the game of football, my love for my family. Just when I really care about something, I'm very passionate about it. I think that's something that uh, people will see and 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 will understand. So I'm really excited about that. And so you're doing a documentary too? That's what I said on the back. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 in the process of making a documentary. Uh it's still in the works. COVID kind of slowed everything down, but we're gonna see how, how everything turned out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, do appreciate it so much for taking the time. Walking miracle, um, how faith, positive thinking, and passion for football brought me back from paralysis and helped me find purpose. But 11 uh November 30th. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for taking the time. Mm-hmm.